Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. Uh, We're looking again uh, at the prophet Isaiah this week in the podcast and on Sunday as well. So I'm going to read some words from Isaiah 58. We're going to read verse 6, verses 9 and 10, and verse 12. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and break every yoke. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger of malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, Then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Now you might be thinking, what a random bit of reading to do. Not only are we reading from this strange prophecy in the Old Testament that's about some other people thousands and thousands of years ago that has nothing to do with me, but we're also just picking at verses now. We're not even reading a whole bit of text, but there's a reason. And um, to start off with, hopefully, before we get to that point, I've got a confession to make. Um, I went to St Michael's High School. Uh, I don't know if any of you listening went to St Michael's as well. I'm not talking about the new fancy modern St Michael's with all the glass and the nice stairs and the little little areas for all sorts of things and the chapel and, and all that fancy stuff. No, I mean the old rough down at the bottom by Throne Road St Michael's. Now, that doesn't st- that's not there anymore. Uh, it got knocked down, and rightly so. It was a bit of a dump even when I was there. Um, but even though it's gone now, it still was such a big part of the people's lives that went there. You think such, such formative years of people's lives were spent in that area or in that building or with that group of people at high school. High school is such, <coughs> excuse me, such an important part in our kind of formation of where we're trying to feel out who we are and who other people are and where we fit and how this all works and what we want to do with our lives and and all of this stuff and now don't get me wrong I hated high school and I couldn't wait to leave my tie was off before I'd even got out the gates on the last day but with for all the the bad stuff and the oh I can't wait to get out kind of thoughts there were also some fun memories there as well there were also friendships that I still have to this day that were formed in that place. They hold places like that, like your high school, places like St Michael's hold so many memories, whether good or bad, for so many people. Now, as I said, St Michael's isn't there now. We could all take a trip down to where the site was and now it's a housing estate. Um, It's been knocked down, cleared away, and they've rebuilt housing estates on there now. So there are 111 new homes on that site where my high school used to be. 111 homes. How many families is that? How many people are in there? How many more lives are being kind of lived out in that area of land? How many more futures are being 
kind of brought into the present right here and right now on that spot of land, 111 homes. But before any of that could have happened, before any of those 111 houses could have been built to be homes for those people, the old had to be knocked down and cleared away. They couldn't just say, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna situate you here in this spot. So if you can um, live in that chemistry classroom, and if you can, uh, you and your family can go and live in that English cubicle, and um, if you don't mind um, uh, setting your stuff up in the teacher's office, no, that wouldn't work, would it? Before those homes could be built, the old had to be knocked down and cleared away. And so maybe thinking about that kind of progression today, that before the old can be, uh, before the new, sorry, can rise up, before the new thing within us can happen, some of the old stuff needs to be knocked down and cleared away. With that, thinking about that progression, you can, maybe you can recognise kind of where you are and where you are in your life along that kind of progression today. Maybe you find yourself looking back to the good old days with nostalgia, or maybe even looking back with relief, thinking, gosh, I'm glad, I'm glad it's not like that anymore. Maybe you feel like that abandoned building that's just been left to go, go to rack and ruin, because when they moved out of that old site for St. Michael's, it, it didn't get demolished straight away. It was left for a long, long time. You can go on the internet today and find some photographers went in and took photos of all the different areas of the school and, and how it looked after it had been abandoned and, and just left to go to ruin. And maybe today you feel like that. You feel a bit like that abandoned building that's just been left. Maybe you're even in the deconstruction and demolition phase right now where you're, you're tearing stuff down and, and clearing away the rubble. Well, wherever you find yourself today, one thing is true. God, our God, the God that Isaiah the prophet writes about that we heard about at the beginning of this podcast, God is a God of restoration. God sees what is broken. God has a vision for what it could be in the future. God knows what it was originally created to be, regardless of what state it's in now. God has always been in the transformation business. So with that said, there are, there are three invitations that we get from this passage in Isaiah that I wanna kind of just show you how actually through the life of Jesus, he is fulfilling these promises that are made by the prophet Isaiah as the kind of words of God to these people of Israel. And um, the, the three invitations are to show up, to see, and then the invitation of someday. So first, the invitation to show up. To be able to see this in full swing, we need to go to the Gospels. So if we go across to John chapter 4, a very well-known uh, passage. We spent a, a long time uh, in this, in one of the other seasons of the podcast. Uh, where we gathered ourselves around a well, and I'm sure we'll be revisiting it again in the, in the not-too-distant future as well. But for now, let's have a bit of this story from John chapter 4. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptising more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptised his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. 
Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Here we are seeing Jesus being the fulfilment of those words promised from Isaiah 58 in this first invitation that we are also given today in showing up. Here in John 4 we see Jesus shows up where other teachers and other rabbis and quite frankly other Jewish people wouldn't dare to go. Jesus shows up in Samaria and he is present with this woman at the well. And because of this conversation, and because of the conversion that takes place, because of the repentance that happens, because of this conversation, because of the way that this woman, this is a throwback to last episode, the way that this woman responds to the revelation of Jesus, she becomes the first evangelist in that place to run back into that village and tell everyone and anyone about Jesus. And it all started because Jesus shows up. Second invitation that we see Jesus fulfilling, but also the invitation that we are given today is the invitation to see. And here we get this in the same gospel, Gospel of John, but further along in chapter 19, reading from verses 26 and 27. These are words when Jesus is on the cross. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, He said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. So from the cross, in that point where you could completely forgive Jesus for thinking about and only seeing his own circumstances, his own pain and discomfort, his own death that's just around the corner, from that cross, Jesus sees. Jesus sees this new formed family in front of him. Jesus sees his own mom, and he sees his closest disciple, John, and he unites them as this new family. So not only is the invitation to show up, but the invitation is to see. And then finally, the third invitation that we see Jesus fulfilling from Isaiah 58, but also that we are given as an invitation as well today, is the invitation of someday. I'm going to read from uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. And again, this is uh, from the crucifixion scene. 
says this. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself, if he's God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him which read this, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our needs and deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. See again from the cross, Jesus reveals, there's that revelation and then the the second criminal on the other cross is response. We have Jesus revealing the someday for that despised criminal hanging next to him. Where this man asks Jesus to remember him and Jesus says, today is that someday for you. Someday isn't about some distant far off hope that, oh, maybe it'll happen. One bright morning I'll fly away as the old kind of hymn goes. No. This someday is this true and certain and sure promise from God. And that Jesus here tells this man that today is that someday for him. So friends, we have these three invitations from these verses taken strangely from this prophet Isaiah in chapter 58. So how can you show up today where you are and when you are? How can you show up for the people that are around you? How can you show up in your life and in your circumstances and in the situations that you find yourself in? How can you, regardless of where you find yourself on that scale of whether you feel like you're looking back with nostalgia or looking back with regret, or you're in this moment of feeling abandoned and left to kind of go to rack and ruin, or you're in this deconstruction and demolition stage, or you're in this lovely stage afterwards where your life feels like a home, where you can dwell and where you can be at peace with the family, wherever you find yourself on that scale. How can you show up in the people and in the places that you find yourself today? Secondly, the invitation to see. How can you not just go about your life being kind of head down, blinders on, blinkers on, just thinking about you and what you've got to get done and all the tick off things on your list that's got to get done and you're rushing from one thing to the next to the next to the next before you just crash into bed at the end of the night, never actually seeing. How can you see the people around you today? How can you see the situations? How can you see the the family that God is inviting you to be part of and that God is inviting you to join together. And then finally, the invitation of someday. That yes, we live as people who have that, that sure and certain hope of a better and brighter future. When everything around us feels like it's in chaos, we have that to look towards. But how can you see that Jesus is inviting you just like that 
thief on the cross that day to see that actually today is that Sunday for you. Today is that time, that chance, that opportunity for you to live like kingdoms come here and now on earth as it is in heaven. So friends, take these invitations and run with them today. The invitation to show up, the invitation to see, and the invitation to embrace that someday. Grace and peace.